Welcome to Sustainable Futures, the sustainability podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company. In each episode, we speak with senior experts from a wide range of disciplines to bring broad understanding to complex topic areas and shine a light on the most pressing sustainability issues facing business and marketing, all designed to help marketers create sustainable futures for brands and business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new series brought to you by Kantar. My name is Jonathan Hall, and I'm the managing partner of Kantar Sustainable Transformation Practice. For those of you who don't know, Kantar is the world's leading data analytics and consulting company. And in the sustainable transformation practice, we work with clients at the intersection of brands, people and sustainability, both environmental and social issues. And today we're here to talk to you about the concepts of purpose. And this is the first of two bite-sized discussions. But before we launch in, I want to introduce you to the team we have for you today, a team that brings really remarkable experience and expertise, and we're very lucky to have them all here. Hi, everybody. My name is Victoria Hearth. I'm a pracademic. I work across academia and practice, and I've been focused for at least the last 20 years on how do we align organizations and business specifically with a future that we all want. My name is Jeremy Schwartz. I'm the chairman, actually, of Kantar's uh, sustainability, transformation, and inclusion practice, so working very closely with Jonathan. But my background is as a um, CEO, and Managing Director, CEO of The Body Shop Worldwide, obviously a company that sort of created the concept of purpose-driven companies, Pandora and Laurel UK and Coca-Cola. So companies that uh, are now embracing sustainability very, very actively. Hi everyone, Özlem Şentürk here. I am a senior partner at Kantar and also a member of the sustainable transformation practice uh, of Kantar. Over the years, uh, my passion area is purpose and, and change management and I help B2B and B2C businesses in articulating and embedding their purpose into their strategy, culture and capabilities. And even within the sustainable transformation practice, I'm also responsible for the employee transformation. Fabulous, thank you all. So let's jump in and I want to start with a provocative question for you because purpose isn't a new concept in the business and marketing world. But what we hear certainly in many conversations with clients is a real concern, even some cases an anger, that it's been diluted over time and has now been reduced to just another box on a brand positioning template with no sense of social or environmental mission. So, so the question is, you know, hasn't purpose had its day, Victoria? What do you think? Absolutely not. Having observed the issues that we face around fundamentally heading humanity into a place that we don't want to be, where our, our well-being is under severe threat for everybody, really. And so having seen how the concepts that have come through to try to help bring organizations, which are our enterprising innovation nerve centers in line with the future we want, and seeing those concepts essentially be absorbed by the business as usual paradigm that is essentially at the heart of these issues. With purpose, we, we finally have a concept that actually gets to the nub of the issue and therefore is more radical and more difficult and more complicated than the other concepts or other ways of, of bringing alignment. That means that it is always never going to be an easy journey, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we can give it a different name, we can call it something else, but essentially we've got to the very heart of the issue, which is business on short-term, narrow, 
financial income as its main motivation, its fundamental ultimate motivation to exist was never going to be a good plan. So I think purpose, because it's difficult, because it represents paradigm shift, and also because it is about the core intent that an organization has in terms of value generation in the world, it is not easy to build accountability around it. And we haven't as yet, and I think we're just getting there now, had real clarity about precisely what we mean and what we don't mean in order to be able to drive that accountability. So I'll I'll finish by saying, we often say that the darkest days are before the dawn. And that's a sort of a weird paradox of humanity, you might say. And I think this is where we are with purpose. Just as we feel like giving up is exactly the point at which we've actually cracked the foundation to really enable purpose to operationalize the world that we want. Thank you, Victoria. Can I just come back to you on that? Because I think a lot of people in business, maybe even people listening, watching today, will be thinking, you know, it's it's all very well to talk about a noble purpose, but actually, you know, we're stuck in a system that actually focuses on profit and shareholder value. So isn't really, you know, the concept of purpose. It's just doesn't have real relevance. We won't ever be able to get traction. I disagree with, I mean, as in I completely get it. (laughs) I completely, let me start by saying that I completely understand it. And I think this is where we need to take a few steps back. And if we're in leadership specifically, and if we're in leadership positions within large organization, that has huge impact on how resources are distributed. But actually, it's it's really only been since, let's say, Friedman in the 70s, it's since the 1850s that this sort of way of thinking about the economy started and really took root in the 1970s. But it's essentially a relatively new concept, this idea of a very particular set of assumptions about how a market works best in order to allocate resources to optimize good outcomes for society as a whole. Because ultimately, an economy is purpose-driven. It's there to serve society as a whole and its best well-being interests over the longer term. The outsourcing of a set of assumptions that have narrowed the role of business and said, you focus on this little bit and everything else will just occur, what I would call the well-being machine. That's quite a new concept, but it was easy, it was simple, it made decision-making easy. And so, of course, we all want to feel that, yeah, okay, it's okay, the government's got this in check, and yes, customers are able to make their own best decisions about their well-being. So it's absolutely fine if we just focus on our profits. And what we've done is really, it's the biggest governance failure, you know, from all, all around, ultimately citizens as a whole in a democracy who are the ultimate governing body. So I would say, yes, but let's step back and say, we created this system, we can alter this system. And let's remind ourselves of what the ultimate goal is, because that really hasn't changed. It's just that we need to reorganize the way that we think about markets and set the frame for markets and help allocate capital in a way that we actually take these abundant resources to do something that we actually end up all wanting to do rather than being distracted. Thank you. So system level change, the notion of financial purpose, I guess, or you know, financial systems purpose. Aslam, just turning to you, how would you um, see this from working with clients on a day-to-day basis? Has purpose had its day? No, I think I would approach it from maybe a little bit of a philosophical point of view. It's that search for meaning, that's what purpose is. And that fundamental question of humanity has been there all the way and will be there. And as Victoria said, just because that has been implemented, not in its you know best possible way, it doesn't mean that it's actually served its purpose. It's in fact just yet starting 
purpose is rather a timeless concept from that perspective, actually. So the scope of purpose, I think, now has found its place, I would say. It's not changing, but it's really found its place. It's really found now its right definition. There is a growing recognition now that, uh, you know, what we are doing, assuming that all the resources that we have is unlimited and assuming that, yes, customers will make the right choices and the governments will take care of the well-being and the social justice has turned out to be wrong. And, and people are recognizing that. And with increasing climate impact and COVID, this awareness shifting to a whole different level. Therefore, you know, the business objective is under scrutiny. And if we look at it from consumer perspective, our recent Kantar sustainability sector index shows actually that 65% of consumers would like would like companies to take broader responsibility. And that means they want companies actually to take a stand on social, cultural, environmental, and even political to a certain extent issues and actually be out there to take a stand on those issues and, and, and actually act upon them. And also they know that they have the power because two-thirds believe that their protests can make a difference to companies' behaviors. And 47% of people already stopped doing business with the brands at the moment of disappointment. And this pressure is only going to increase because, you know, Gen Z is the new owner of the marketplace. And we do know that Gen Z are looking for brands that are embracing this communal mindset. And this assumes also in its definition, purposeful brands that act for the benefit of all. Therefore, in this context, purpose becomes an essential tool to give businesses a meaning to act that's broader than maximizing the shareholder value, which we have been relying on, you know, for the business role in the society so far. And purpose gives that focus and direction to the business to, to create that well-being that we're talking about. Thanks, Aslam. You mentioned the you know, COVID, and obviously we've been going through a series of crises, haven't we, with the war in Ukraine and, and the cost of living crisis. So, and, and we've seen, haven't we, that actually, you know, rather than consumers' engagement with sustainability dropping off, we've actually seen it strengthening, right? Yeah, absolutely. Consumers are expecting brands to really take a role on sustainability. There is a big, we see that when we ask the consumers about the purpose and what companies say and what companies do. We see a big difference also in the consumer's perception. Consumers are really criticizing brands for not being authentic and for not delivering on their promises and for not taking care of the, you know, the planet and the society in the way that they promise. So people are really watching brands in their actions. And it is important. And we see that also in successful examples like Dove, Patagonias all over. In the heart of their purpose lies a deeper and focused thinking on what the bigger social and environmental issues are. And actually, those are the things that the brands stand for and they'll go out there to solve. Therefore, yes, I would say so. And there's a growing awareness of those big issues, transcendental issues from the consumer side as well. And they are looking up to brands to really solve it in an authentic way. An authentic way meaning, you know, act upon it in real sense. Let's see you in your actions, not only in your words. Great. Thank you. Well, you've, you've obviously introduced the concept of greenwashing there, which I'd love to come back to. But just before we move on, Jeremy, from you know, being the CEO and CMO of various large corporations, what are your thoughts on this question? Well, I think we've got to be very um, black and white and say the, the proposition is ridiculous. We have to use a word like that because as the two other colleagues of mine have expressed beautifully, uh, you know, we're only at the start of 
using purpose as a tool to mobilize companies to do two things. First of all, to be clear on what their role is uh, as a business and to innovate for the benefit of customers and for the benefit of shareholders. So purpose is a wonderful tool to clarify and to get rid of things like missions and visions, which have roles but are completely confusing to most people and most people in a company don't remember them. So it has a very powerful business focused role. But as we've just heard and discussed, it also opens the lens and the eyes to the role the company has in the greater society, environmental and social, and allows that dialogue to happen in a uniform and cohesive way because you have this mobilizing thought. So, you know, I, I would even dismiss that this question is raised by anybody. But I will also acknowledge two points because there is within your question a truth. So the first one is that we should dismiss the idea that purpose somehow leads to sustainable focus, which therefore leads to cost or some reduction in profit. Again, I challenge this emphatically, and I think we can start to see the value of Tesla, you know, 800 billion a shareholder value versus Ford at 59 billion. We can rest our case that if you execute brilliantly, you can actually create shareholder value. And I think that's the way and the lens we should apply. Because what we're talking about is how we do something. Do we do it in a way that damages the planet? Or can we find ways that actually enhances and will protect and at least is neutral? And there's no reason necessarily we can't make profit out of both routes equally, but through a different way. So I think that's important to say. The bit that I do want to acknowledge is you said that marketeers are questioning purpose versus proposition. And it is true that when you get down to the move from the CEO's role and the corporate role of a purpose, perhaps to a brand level, and you have multiple brands, there does need to be a cleaning up of what is the role of the purpose expression versus the proposition. They do both have a role, but you are then adding a slight complication. Purpose from a brand point of view will allow it to be more holistic in its potential impact and contribution to a consumer's life. It has also got a verb, which gives you a momentum to continually innovate and be active, while a proposition is a singular thought of what this thing does and is more restrictive, actually, in describing a brand's role. So, I would say that if you can move simply to purpose and that that can capture both needs, you will have uh, achieved something greater than adding the two together. Great. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for introducing that notion of the, the relationship between purpose and, and proposition, which I'm sure a lot of people on listening today would be thinking about. Now, so we've defined the question as ridiculous. So so that's great. Um, what I'd like to move on to now is thinking about um, a purpose-driven organization. What, what marks a purpose-driven organization out versus organizations which don't have that, that sense of purpose. Aslam, would you like to um, kick us off on this? The first difference we already, I think, started talking about, right, it is this shifting focus of business from sole profit to, to growth orientation to delivering value for all relevant stakeholders. And profit is certainly still important, uh, as we also talked about, is as shareholders are still important stakeholders, very important stakeholders. And as Jeremy says, this is not to say that we won't deliver profit, we won't deliver shareholder value, but how can we deliver it also for the good of other stakeholders as well? So that's number one. And I think a good purpose in its definition endures over time also gives the flexibility to the business to lead to more and more opportunities. So purposeful organizations have this longer term view 
which help business to focus its resources and capabilities, you know, in its best capacity. And purpose creates also in its activation a very fertile ground for storytelling, which inspires internally and externally everyone. And that's one of the things that excite me about purpose as well. And linked to that, it's important to touch upon the purposeful culture. It's quite important and it's what sets a purposeful organization also, I think, at a, at a different place. Purpose is partially a product of a company's existing belief and values, but also, you know, at the same time, it's important that purpose shapes some of the values and behaviors internally and externally. So we see that most purposeful organizations are emotional. They are really explicit about their values and behaviors and, and their actions. We see also internally more autonomy more collaboration in the organization, which also in turn allows individual employees to work even more purposefully. So there is a, this virtuous cycle going on as well in purposeful organizations if it's set up right in its beginning, I guess. So it has a sort of structuring vision for employees, it sounds like, from what you're describing. Absolutely. So there is a lot to say when it comes to purpose organizations about employees, isn't it? There is a whole discussion about whether it's a top-down approach that we need to embed purpose or bottom-up approach. And we know that there is no right answer. It depends on the DNA of the company and the history of the company and perhaps the category and how it operates. There are so many you know, answers to that. But what is important, and I think nobody would argue against, is purpose is a job for everyone in an organization. And it is quite critical that, you know, at an individual employee level, we really land it in the most effective way, because it's the individual employees holistically that will make the purpose happen in the end. Brilliant. Thank you. Victoria, you've been doing a huge amount of research and thinking around what characterises purpose-driven organisations. What would your perspective be on this? Yeah, I would say we need to we need to go back to some first principles, I think, because there's a lot of blurring of concepts and things happening all at once. And it, it's very noisy, especially because you've got now what I would call powerful novices, people in positions of power who need to have an opinion about this, but have not necessarily got that well formed. So I think we all just need to sort of pause a moment to think, what are we talking about here? For me, when you strip it back, purpose is an answer to a problem. And the problem is our fundamental existential crisis that we are now just starting to understand. And that's why I agree with Oslem, the, the pressures are not going to go away. And once you tap into those pressures, you can become a profit and a futurist because actually everything that's happening is just a necessary result of what's happening. What we also therefore know is, and this might be um, slightly challenging to some of the other things that were said here, but this is my genuinely considered view, is that, you know, purpose is a strategic concept. Um, one of the reasons why we get a lot of profitability that results from purpose is for a few reasons. And I call these the three powers of purpose, clarity, meaningfulness and authenticity. And it's something that those three things you do not get when you are focused on financial income as your reason to exist. And purpose brings those in. So strategic clarity, first of all, because your reason to exist is suddenly clarified. What we've had over the last 50, 60 years is an implicit assumption, as I described earlier, that the purpose of an organization is to maximize its financial income or to survive, and that's something that's being more emphasized recently, and often for, for shareholders, but not necessarily for members, basically for its own self-interest, let's put it that way. And then you follow the markets and follow the money in order to optimize that outcome. That leads to a certain set of decision making. 
What we have with purpose is a reason to exist that is aligned with something that's truly valuable. In other words, what we might say is the meta purpose of humanity, which also happens to be the definition of the outcome of a good economy, which is also the definition of sustainability, which is essentially well-being. So it's not just any old thing. It's a good life, not just for a few people, but for everyone and not just for now, but in the longer term. And if that is ultimately what sustainability is, it is just redefining our meta purpose. And that is for all stakeholders. Then what is purpose? And in the British standard that's about to be released, this is clarified in a way I think that is super helpful. Because what it says is that a purpose is a reason to exist, and that's something that comes up everywhere. So it's not just something else you do. It is your reason to exist that is an optimal strategic contribution. So not just any old contribution, but the best one that you can make to long-term well-being for all people and planet. So with that as the framing to say, what is our purpose? You then end up with a strategic value generation objective, which is tangible, which is meaningful. So that's the second power. It's not just that you know where you're going, but people want to walk in that direction because it is in service of the good of the other. And not just in a sort of minor partial way, but actually, and in the context of the crisis we're in, that has to be pretty ambitious because we are really in a bad state. Yeah. So we then end up with purposes, this really strategically defining set of contribution to well-being outcomes, of which then everything else necessarily becomes a means to that end. And that includes finance, and that includes having the right shareholders and giving the expected return on investment. It includes your contracts and relationships with supply chains. It includes your customers. But you're clear that that's what you're about, enables you to therefore make difficult decisions, to be open, transparent and honest, because let's face it, stakeholders are not that engaged when you say, yeah, you know, we really care about you, but really only because we want to make as much money from you as possible. You know, that is not something it's easy to be authentic about. And all All of these goodies that come from basically aligning with a meaningful, clear contribution to something that we all care about. What we get is a lot of organizations that want to get the goodies, but have missed the point. And so I think we have to be clear that at the very heart of it, finance does become a means to an end as do a whole range of stakeholders. So I think we also need to be clear about what we mean by stakeholders. There's everyone forever who are the ultimate set of stakeholders and the business roundtable in the US really just restated that. Then we have the purpose, what we call in the past, the primary beneficiary stakeholders. And these are described in your purpose. Now, if you're saying that your optimal contribution is to help solve climate change, that will necessarily be everyone forever and your focus is on a particular problem. But often that will be, okay, actually it's for this group of people or this market or or whatever. And that's a choice about how strategically narrow you focus. Those are your primary beneficiary and often they will not be all stakeholders. They will be a particular group. And if you're clear about that, then you can understand and deliver for them. But you then, of course, also need to be clear about your relationship with what we would call your enabling stakeholders, those that partner with you on the journey. And sometimes customers are not the the, the object of the purpose. They are an enabling stakeholder. And sometimes they're both. And again, that level of clarity, if we can get there, and I think we're close to hopefully getting there, we can start to to, to really drive organizational decision making in a very strategic way that I just don't think we've been able to get close to with business as usual, because we're just essentially using strategy to follow the money. And that changes too frequently. It's not meaningful. And we can't align our energy. 
I'll finish off with just one small thing to finish that story in a way, is that purpose is about reorientating against a meaningful, enduring reason to exist, as I've described. But in doing that, you need to make sure that you are delivering and achieving that purpose in a way that is ensuring the health, you know, the protecting and enhancing all the social and environmental systems that we rely on, regardless of your purpose, actually. Because there's no point to say, oh, we make this meaningful contribution over here, but we do it in a way that basically destroys the ultimate point. And that's why anchoring that ultimate point is so important. So again, being clear, okay, this is what we're focused on and this is the parameters within which we deliver it. Um, So that's ends, you might say, and means, as I just described. And then the final part of the puzzle that's in the, the British standard is the method. So whilst delivering this valuable end and doing it in a way that you protect and enhance the social and environmental systems, you also do it in a manner that uses the best evidence and is aligned with social values about how you treat people. And we call that wise and ethical method. So again, just to be clear, I think it's that level of clarity around stakeholders, around profits, around decision making that will really help to deliver going forward. That's brilliant and super clear. Thank you, Victoria. What strikes me there is, you know, what you're talking about is a sort of definition of a corporation, the purpose of a corporation. And and again, I guess, you know, for some people that would feel like systemic change and that there is an assumption that corporations actually are about short term profit, even on a quarterly basis. I guess what would be helpful is just to hear you talk a bit about, you know, use the words finance as a means to an end. The end of a corporation is still short term profit. We're still driven by the quarterly system. Should we frame it as finance as a mean to a more noble end or should we frame it as, you know, sustainability and the commercial goal of the organisation are fundamentally intertwined in the way that Unilever and Alan Joke talk about it? Do you see there's the sort of subtle nuance there, isn't there? I definitely don't think we should. I can see why we do it. And I think it's the palatable narrative. And I think we need a palatable narrative. And there are different people in different parts of the system that need to deliver that in order to take people on the next stage of the journey. But I think they need to be super clear about the risks for that and make sure that they don't buy in themselves to the fact that that is just a palatable message. And it isn't really where I believe society and business as a whole is trying to say it needs to get to. Because otherwise, we just waste time and we don't get to where we need to be. So I would say, yes, okay, facts on the table, for sure. If you are purpose driven, you are going to engage meaningfully your stakeholders. They're going to want to spend more time with you. They are going to want to, you know, deliver. They're they're willing to be more loyal, take the hit more because they essentially trust that you're delivering in their best interests. Primarily, I think if you are not doing that and you are doing it because you think even 50 percent that you're going to, you know, still maximize your money, then I think that is it's not purpose. It's something else. And I think we need to call that what it is. So, for example, what I observe happening is within the legislation and with other things, we're putting organizations into this place of hybridity. And I think there's a risk because I think there's a risk it could fail and that we're not clear why it's failing. So a lot of the stuff around B Corp, but they're undergoing changes and I'm a huge fan of theirs. But take that, take Société à Mission, Entreprise à Mission, these public benefit corporations. What they do is say, well, status quo is that profits is king. And what we're going to do now is add this other thing by the side, which we're going to call purpose, which is delivering for society. And both of those are your are your gods. And you're going to deliver for both of these. Fundamentally, one's a means to an end and one's a meaningful end. And we want you to deliver for both of them. Now, I'm not saying that can't physically be done, right? But I would like to know how you run an organization delivering two very different gods. And if you do, I would want to be shown super clearly 
In what way, under what conditions does one trump the other when you're faced with tough choices? So I, I think that's where we're putting organizations. The message we're sort of without realizing or maybe with realizing it giving is, yes, you can do it all. You can do it all and you can serve two gods and you can optimize for both things at once. And it's like, I'm open to that proposition, but tell me how. You know, it's like saying you're going to deliver for all stakeholders. Now, a lot of people have tried to take purpose down as a concept by equating purpose with stakeholderism. Stakeholderism interpreted as in your reason to exist is to balance value for all stakeholders. Again, do we really want to set our organizations up to deliver in such complex contexts? I, I just don't think that that's where we're going. I think where we're going, honestly, and I, and I do this because my background, I spent five years facilitating the, the, the governance standard, ISO 37000, listening to what everyone's saying there, you know, uh, my, my work with executives and organizations. And this is my considered opinion. We will need to move quite swiftly out of that hybrid situation to a place where we say that organizations are outsourced by society. Society outsources to organizations the right and the opportunity to take our scarce and precious resources to allocate them on our behalf. And they need to be accountable ultimately to that end and to a purpose that is clear and can be held accountable as a contribution to that. And we need to hold them to account to how they do it. In doing that, there are a series of stakeholders that need to be given enough value in order to be able to be part of that. And one of those are shareholders. So shareholders need enough of a return and that needs to be clear what that return is. Suppliers need enough of a return. Customers need enough of a return. And, and that is a whole system. And the, the governing body needs to work out the best way in order to deliver its purpose. But its ultimate accountability is to society as a whole. And at a strategic level, it is to that purpose. And it needs to be able to be held account to say, yes, we're delivering something beneficial and we're not doing it in a way that's destroying benefit for everyone else. And I know that might seem unpalatable. And I know that we've had to say to shareholders, yeah, give away some of your power, because at the moment we're requiring them to voluntarily give up their power. Give up some of your power because then, you know, you're going to make more money if you do that, right? We need to get deeper quickly. We need to say, not only will that business not even be around, but you're not going to deliver what you really want, which is a future for you and your children and your children's children. So let's just get real here. That's good. So I want to turn to Jeremy here because obviously, Jeremy, you, you've been in the box seat. You know, you've had to serve those two gods to use um, Victoria's words. What's your perspective on this? Is there a resolution? I think, first of all, and because you've got a lot of marketeers, et cetera, as part of your audience, the beauty of a purpose is it orientates the company outwards towards their consumer and therefore the other society who are surrounding those as the primary lens to look through. When you are a purposeful organization, which was your question, you move from profit being the starting point of your goals to how do I satisfy and bring value to my consumer and then to society. And that's crucially important. One, because this is why marketers can embrace this and celebrate it and realize that this is perhaps the best tool they've been given for the whole corporation to be aligned to their lens. And with that, profit becomes an output. If you execute beautifully against your purpose, you hopefully, if your role in society and your value is good, will see the profits come. And that's the order, the way that we should look at this, I would suggest. The second thing to make, you know, how does an organization work purposely? This becomes the tool for each decision in the most basic of a weekly meeting. 
So when you're sitting there and you've got to make decisions, what is the lens you use? What's the compass you use? What's the reference between two choices? It is by placing it through the purpose and testing the choices you have. And the one that is true to the purpose should be the one you choose. So therefore, this is a great tool for how an organization on a daily basis makes the simplest decisions. And it means you need to quote the purpose regularly, daily even, weekly definitely, and quite often monthly in meetings when choices need to be made and you've got to do it against the standard or reference. And that also means, and this is where it becomes interesting on the how, that we are faced with very difficult decisions where money becomes part of the choice metric, which is, am I going to lose some money on this or am I going to make more? Well, by applying the purpose, you will have to embrace some tough decisions, which means a decision will be made where it won't be beneficial profit-wise, but it'll be the right thing to do to be true to the purpose, authentic to it, and that then the organization, external people can see that you're living by it. It's not just nodding a hat to it. And I've got an example. When I was at the body shop, I needed, with the minimum wage, to decide why would somebody below the age of 21 get a different hourly rate to somebody above, based on our purpose, which was to enrich, not exploit people. I had to decide to pay the people, all our teams below the age of 21, the same, costing me half a million pounds because it was the right thing to do if I was to be authentic to the purpose. So there's a concrete example of the cost. I think the other point just quickly to make is there is a check and balance that's beginning to appear from a profit and shareholder point of view, which are the investor community. Being a non-exec on public companies, and you yourself have seen this, Jonathan, you know, the investor community are demanding, are demanding to see the sustainability and inclusion plans as part of any discourse on the profitability and performance of the company. And they're not doing it in a nice way. They're doing it in a, you better show me this way, because if you don't, it won't be acceptable to invest in you. Now, of course, we've got to see when the rubber hits the road, if, if a profit was to drop dramatically, but the uh, environmental and social impact was to be very well executed, where would they land? But my sense is the reason investors are so on it is from a selfish reason because they can see there's money to be made in the end from actually executing brilliantly on a sustainability agenda, because let's be true, they're not the gen most generous of people. So the disruption, the discontinuity that we see is accelerating, will in the way be a place for companies that to jump on this, let's use that language, or in a more uh, responsible way, embrace it to succeed in saving the planet, which is what we all on this call need to see as our number one obligation as well as keeping companies healthy such they can employ people and we can have the things we want. I agree with a lot of what you said there, Jeremy, and I think you expressed it very well, especially those mechanisms by which you make consistent decisions which might forfeit profit, but ultimately that's how you end up being more profitable because you build trust. But it requires basically consistently pushing aside sometimes. And I, I also have to say when you move towards purpose, what you see happening is huge amounts creativity, once you unleash those really quite dragging assumptions about how a market works and where you should go and, how, you know, and follow the money. And then suddenly, you know, you, you might cross subsidize in ways you wouldn't, you'd partner with people you didn't, and you just can't get that unless you're genuine. But what I would also say is I agree with investors. I have had the pleasure of engaging with a number over the years and recently. And what I would say is that ultimately investors are human. So whilst yes, 
they are there and they, you know, they might want to make money. And let's face it, we can all get into that zone. I think we're seeing the humanity getting into investment. And ultimately, let's face it, you know, we're starting to talk more about how most of those investors are actually pensions. They're actually all of us. And when we talk about fiduciary duty and materiality of decision making, if you stop at finance, it's a really stupid place to stop because ultimately finance for what end? And if the real interest and what the material decision that someone is making is not just what money's in my pocket, but whether or not that actually results in a world that myself and my children want to live in, we start. So I think we're seeing the fundamental definitions of investment changing and changing fast and that will continue we won't talk about esg now it's a whole other thing which i have much to say on but let's let's leave it there for a second but i wanted to say two more very specific things if that's okay Firstly, that what we are seeing is organizations, and one of the reasons why I think people are flipping to purpose, and we can call it that because it is a paradigm shift, is because the pain of staying either in a short-term profit maximizing system or even moving to an enlightened self-value, shareholder value, whatever, ESV, however we want to call it, basically long-term profit maximizing. It's going to become harder and harder and harder if the scope of your decision-making is ultimately will this bring in the money that I need? Because what you will end up doing is being three or four stages behind where society and the system pressures are. And that is going to get worse and worse and worse. And so what we see are the great leaders in organizations who are tapping into these fundamentals, who get the bigger picture saying, you know what, can we do this better? Let's start from a blank sheet. Let's think outside of the box here because we are just going to drive our organization into the ground trying to follow all this legislation. We need to be leading the agenda and purpose is what helps an organization get that front footing and lead that agenda. And then the last thing I wanted to say briefly is around the role of marketing. So it was my first focus and my enduring focus really since 1995. And because I understood very profoundly what I think many people still don't understand, which is that within a model an organization in a postmodern world, marketers hold the absolute key to the influence of an organization on society, or at least they should. And if they don't have that key, who does have that key in that organization? It probably isn't being done systematically. That's because marketers sit at that interface between an organization and all its stakeholders. They should be that translation piece that aligns society via customers, via supply chain, via whatever, with that organization and what it's doing. And what we see with purpose, and again, the reason why I think marketers are chomping at the bit and why where we get a lot of this greenwashing and purpose washing is that purpose unlocks the role of marketing. Business as usual and a focus on finance has, it's just logical why this would happen has driven marketing into an end-of-pipe, over-financialized sales tool where we judge its success on whether or not sales are going up or down or click rates or whatever. And ultimately, it isn't. It is the value generation nerve center of an organization. And we have lost that. Go back to what's being said in the 50s, the 60s. You know, my God, we're so far away from that, it feels like now, to the point that when we say the word marketing, we think sales or advertising. And it's so much more than that. And I have to remind even marketers of that, you know, on a daily basis. So I think this is for the reason that marketing had to go in my back pocket for a while, because people, until we understand the nature of our unsustainability, the potential of business in terms of innovating enterprises to do to, to really drive the change and, and, and reduce the issues, then we're not ready to then say, well, how do we do that? And in that how, to me, there are two key functions that we need to focus our energy on. And one is governance, which sets the frame and direction. And the second is marketing that actually goes about delivering 
what value is created or destroyed. And if we can get those two right, then I think we're going somewhere fast. And that's why they've been the two key functions I focused on. Thank you, Victoria. Sorry, we'll be talking more about marketing in, in the sort of part two of this. And, and sorry to cut in there. Was there any builds that you wanted to just make? Oh, I guess it was a nice bridge perhaps to the marketing role, but since the beginning of the conversation on this question, I've been hearing about the role of purpose and how it actually focuses the business. And I wanted to say a couple of words about that because there is a clear observation that we're making in the work we do, Jonathan, as well, don't we? Once the sustainability corporate agenda is set and once this is land on the you know brand leaders table, then our clients come to us because the translation from that corporate agenda to the brand level story becomes very difficult. And to your point, Victoria, that's exactly where the brand purpose comes in, because actually it gives uh, the brand that focus to select among those uh, you know, sustainability issues, the relevant ones for their target audience, where they can make a credible claim as well and activate around it. So I think it's it's very clear that tension out there we also observe with our clients and try to help them on a day-to-day -day basis, which I wanted to share absolutely right. And I think purpose plays a fundamental role with marketers to activate sustainability. I think that's absolutely right, Aslan. And it gives marketing that sort of linchpin role within a within a corporation, doesn't it? I'm conscious of time, but I just wanted to finish with with a question. You know, we've been talking a lot about purpose specifically, and it's within obviously a sort of sustainability framework. I guess a lot of people watching this will be thinking, well, hold on, I'm a bit confused here. What's the relationship between purpose and sustainability? Are they the same thing? What should I be focusing on as a corporation? Is it purpose first or is it sustainability first? Love to get your point of view, Jeremy. Can you? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty clear from a you know applying purpose as a CEO to run a business that you need to imagine you cut up a cake, and you take a lens on the purpose to marketing and the consumer, to the finance function, to operations, to supply chain, to HR. Each one has an interpretation and an application of their job through that lens. The difference is that that cake would be complete with most of those functions I've articulated. And now, just as we had to about 10 years ago, add digital transformation and digital as a new capability and function that needed to be added into the cake and has now become in some ways dominant of it, we now have to add sustainability and social purpose into that cake. And it's now a component of every execution and of every thought, just as finance and operations and supply and HR is. So this isn't again an either or. Purpose is the overarching lens through which the company is going forward. And you then apply that to multiple areas to ensure people are executing the how with that regard. And what was missing before was a consideration of the greater planet of the social impact in most companies, not the body shop, let's say. And now that's been brought in as a critical lens to apply through each decision is the way I apply it and see it and feel that it works. It's therefore not an either or, it's and both. So, so if I'm hearing correctly, purpose is really the sort of start point, so the organisational purpose and sustainability, the social environmental aspects are things which feed into that amongst other things. Yeah, feed in or are needing to be executed with that as a lens and every company needs to do it. Purpose has mobilised people to consider it because it's broadened their view of their role from simply a singular benefit to a singular customer and to then have an output of profit by the choice of the words. By the way, this all comes down to, have you written a brilliant purpose? 
a badly written purpose does not amplify, as we heard also uh, Victoria say, the ability to unleash innovation because the words won't bring that. So I am making an assumption that the choice of words will be timeless, will be relevant to the company, will be actionable and memorable because then you can use it in every meeting. If those are met, then the natural outcome, if you then apply the lens to a sustainability question, will be that you will innovate answers to solve it and then need the PL and the business case and the organization to, to see that it follows all the way through and backing it. Aslam, what's your perspective on this? Yeah, I kind of agree with Jeremy in the sense that it all starts with the right definition, assuming that the purpose is really delivering on that right definition. And I think that definition we saw evolving over time, right? It was first meaningful contribution to people's lives. And as we saw, the so-called purpose back then evolved from aspirational levels to, to societal levels. Actually, we changed that definition. We updated it to meaningful contribution to people's lives and the world they live in. And so to deliver on the expectations of the planet. And as I said at the beginning, the say do gap that we observe comes from the tension that customers don't want brands just to say that they think of the well-being of the society and, and, the, and the planet, but they want brands to act. And that has also, you know, been identified many years ago in our Purpose 2020 study, where consumers really want brands to really create the, that movement in their ideal, let's say, phase. So it's about, I think, purpose is about creating that movement and sustainability sits right in the heart of that purpose now to, to create that movement. It is the new infusion for for the purposeful brands to to create that movement so yes i think purpose is we can say it's there first however the narrative needs to be really delivering on the un sdgs i deeply believe it is the canvas that actually brands need to look at when it comes to those transcendental issues that they can address in the light of their purpose and actually select the ones that are really meaningful when given the purpose in the target audience and they can authentically deliver and act upon and create a movement around. And that's the new exciting phase for marketing. Thanks, Susan. Victor, I'm going to give you the last word here. Any further helpful comments about how people watching this could guide themselves in terms of the relationship between purpose and ability, where, where to start, are they indivisible? Yes, I think they are indivisible. And I think that the British standard that's coming out explains because it's essentially, it started off being called sustainable purpose. And then we realised really quickly, we don't need another term because ultimately these are the same thing. And I'll go back to the original comment I made, that purpose is a response to a problem. It is what we have decided is a way of solving a problem. And that problem is unsustainability. And then if we follow it back and say, well, what is the definition of sustainability? It's long-term well-being for all. That is a sustainable state. Unsustainability is the fact that we are off track to achieve that. And therefore, a purpose is aligning an organization strategically to contribute to that beneficial end, which we all can agree on. And if that is the case, then if an organization challenges itself to choose an optimal strategic contribution to that, to sustainability ultimately is what we're saying, then it will be doing the best that it can do. Now, the proviso is to that, 
as I mentioned before, that whilst it might, and, and, and I agree with Oslem, you know, then you do your classic auditing, you know, what are my capabilities, what is in this marketplace of well-being, who's doing what, you know, where does my role play? And I think you do need to challenge yourself, therefore, about to say, is that actually the right purpose? And you might need to live with it for a while. And I agree with Jeremy, it needs to be effective. And partly that's just leadership elaborating it and bring it to life through storytelling, because those words can have multiple meanings. And ultimately, because Comes therefore part of the worldview and the culture of the organization. So, so that's fundamentally what purpose is. But what we explain and what is explained in this uh, British standard is that if you are trying to contribute to long-term well-being for all and you do that in a way that actually undermines it, that's a nonsense. Now, we might want to think that that automatically would happen, but we know that's not the case. We even have charities, you know, who are helping poor people in the UK by destroying the lives of developed people in developing countries because of the products they buy, right? We do it all the time. And so in the British standard, it says your purpose should clarify this, not just your contribution to sustainability as your reason to exist, but a commitment to not destroying and ideally protecting and enhancing the health of all the social and environmental systems and doing it in a way that is ethical and wise. And so with those three ends, means and method, we therefore get the basis on which an organization is aligned with sustainability. And my observation is that is what purpose is. I don't think it's anything else. Brilliant. Thank you all for that. And thank you for watching and listening. Next time we'll be carrying on this conversation around purpose and really deep diving into some of the marketing and leadership issues. I want to thank the panel today. So Victoria, Aslam and Jeremy, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to Sustainable Futures, a podcast from Kantar. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode.